This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high-o silver, the Lone Ranger. The discovery of gold in the western United States attracted many criminals from the east. With no adequate law enforcing agency on the frontier, they found it easy to jump claims and to rob the honest miners and prospectors. It was then that the masked rider of the plains started his great fight for justice. It was he who brought peace and security to the new territory, and without him, the winning of the west would never have been possible. Return with us now to the thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again! Our story begins thousands of miles away from the western range country. A tall, three-masted schooner is beating her way around the horn, San Francisco bound. Spray lashes her decks, wind whistles through the rigging. Two men have been washed overboard, lost forever. 
A third, Luke Ross, had been dashed from a cross stay, lifted from the deck by young Johnny Thompson, and carried to his bunk in the focuser. Thank you, Johnny. But I'm done for. Fair done for. Don't say that, Luke. Oh, ain't no use. I can feel it coming on. Trying to feel it all the time. I never, never lived to see Frisco. Oh, now you will, oh, Wait, Johnny. There's, there's something. Yes? You've been a friend to me. About the only one aboard ship. I'm going to give you a hand now and then when you uh, need it. Huh? But all the rest of them, they laughed at me for a land lover. Oh. Listen, Johnny. There's something I've got to tell you before, before I'm through. A message to your folks? No, Take that. Those folks are all gone. Johnny, it's a mine. A, a mine my brother Jake located the time he went west. Yes? That's why I signed up for the voyage, Johnny. To jump ship at Frisco, get to the other side of the mountains, and get that mine myself. Gold? So much gold, there ain't no sale. Golly. Oh, Johnny, under my blankets. There at the foot of my bunk. L- lift them up and look under them. Sure. <laughs> Is what you meant, Luke? Yeah, it's a map. It tells just how to reach that place. It's way up in the hills. Jake said you'd never find it without you had the map to show you the way. I'd never find it? The map is yours, Johnny. For all you've done for me. No, you don't have to do this, Luke. Johnny, don't argue. That paper, it'll tell you what... I can't. Where to go and all. There's a town. Just a small place. Jake said a friend here lived there. A friend? A prospector. Silas Hanson's in here. He'll guide you if you find him. Jake, Jake always wanted Cy to have a share of the mine. You remember? Oh, You've got my word. Named town is Osage. Osage. Silas Hanson. Yes, I've got it. It's good to know you're going to get what I... I can't. I... Look out. What? Behind you. Climbing. I'll fix you. Hey, you held me on. You and from San Francisco many months later, a riderless horse brought the Lone Ranger into the chain of events that had started at sea. The place was a small, well-hidden camp many miles from the nearest town. The time was late afternoon. Scout! Scout, old fellow. Where's Tonto? What's happened to your master? Here's over. Silver, old boy, something's happened to Tonto. We've got to find him. Steady, boy. Lead the way, Scout. We'll follow. Come on, Silver! The afternoon faded into night. In another camp many miles away, an Indian was bound securely to a tree and a burly outlaw, gun in hand, glared at him. The two figures were lighted by the dancing flames of a small campfire. All right, Indian, talk. What was you doing sneaking around my camp? Until not talk. I've seen you before someplace. Maybe. Someplace, yeah. I got it. I've seen you riding across country with a mask, fella. Sure, that's it. Now then, Injun, who was that mask, hombre? Until not talk. No? Well, you will before I'm through with you. You wasn't spying on me for nothing. You and your mask partner up to some game. You'll not find out. <laughs> there. The next will come closer. How's for talking now? 
You stubborn, eh? Morning, Plex. You bet skin out. Oh, chew it. Hey, who's this hombre? He's the fellow I was telling you about, Baldy. The one that was asking questions about you at the cafe. Yeah? Get down from that horse. Blooming saddles. <laughs> ain't used to riding horseback, eh? Horses and saddles ain't for such as me, Governor. Blimey, they ain't. Forget it. You ain't crippled. Now, what's your business? What was you so plain anxious to find out about me for? Why, it's like this, Governor. Ah, uh, who's a ruddy savage? Never mind him. Right now, I'm a sight more interested in who you are. Me? Limey's what they call me, Governor. Al Smithers is the name the old laddie gave me. But I'm answer to Limey. Later, the Betsy Ann out of Liverpool, British Register. No, gone, Baldy. You ever hear a fellow talk like him before? Hey, what's wrong with the way You ain't told me yet what you was asking questions for. Governor, how'd you like to make yourself a piece of change? Go on. I ain't no blooming mountain climber, see? So what I need is a couple of coals like you to sort of show me the ropes. And, Governor, you can take the word of Al Smithers, it'll be worthwhile. What's the proposition? Well, I'll tell you, matey. Seems as if a fella named Jake Ross found a gold mine. Jake Ross? Baldy, you heard about him. Recollect? He was a fella kept bringing all that gold into town from somewhere in the hills. And nobody could ever find out where it come from. Yeah. Heard of him, eh? Then maybe he'll join up with me, eh? Just say the word. Say it'll go off and out. And I'll tell you what he knows. You savvy with that mindset? I don't, Governor. But I can show you the buckle as does. Well, is it a go? You're signing on? Limey, if you can fix it for us to find where Jake Ross was getting his dust from, you just bet we'll go 50-50. Shake, matey. Sure. Now, who's this fellow knows about the mine and where's he at? His name's Johnny Thompson. He was on the Betty Ann along with me, a blooming yank to make Shanghai will be put in at Baltimore. And right now, Governor, he's lying across where the place is called outside. How would he know anything about a Jake's mine? He knows, don't you fear. He knows because he's got a map to the place. And, matey, that map was given by a cove named Luke Ross. Jake's brother as ever was. Well, I'll be... that, Baldy? A map brought up by Jake himself, I betcha. That means the gold's as good as ours. Where's this fellow at now? This Thompson hombre? Told you he was heading for Osage, didn't I? How far out? The way he was silent, Governor, he ought to be making a landfall before tomorrow night. What's he going to Osage for? Why, to look for... Oh, blimey. Hey, what's that? A mess, fella. Don't clap, brother. What the... I've heard some interesting things, Baldy. How'd you know my name? Donald and I have been trailing you for quite a while. Are you... Wait for those guns, Ike, and I'll outdraw you. Yeah, well, I'll show them. Lord, let me. Now drop those guns back in our holsters. You'll never complete that draw. Uh, sure, stranger, sure. Just don't shoot. Hold still, Tyler. Uh-huh. I'll cut these ropes. There. Can you make it? Uh-huh. He, he get loose now. Look here, stranger. The engine came sneaking around here. And I, Quiet. Quiet, I tell you. I'll give you a warning. That'll bring up the horses. I left them in that grove back there. I'll get them. Lordy, I haven't been able to get anything on you yet. I heard your talk just now, but I can't turn you over to the law for something you haven't done yet. Where's it? What have you got to give me? You're a crook, same as me, or you wouldn't be wearing that mask. There ain't no reason for us to have trouble. Fact is, if you'd like to throw in with me and I can lie to you here, why... I'm not throwing in with you. And I'm warning you not to go through with your plans. Don't try to get that mine. Yeah, now, ain't you going into bit iron, mighty? You ain't no bloomin' talk. I've said enough. You understand me. Yeah, all right. Good. Baldy. Well? Go in to find Thompson and let him know you're on his trail. You're so doggone anxious to get something on me. Why are you giving me this warning? Because I know your kind. Huh? You'll risk anything for gold, especially if you can get it dishonestly. Well, you've had your warning. And I don't expect you to hate it. I'll tell you this, however. When you make a slip, Toto and I'll be there. You ready, Toto? Be ready. Come on, get over. And a meddling skunk. Now, who asked him to come butting in? Baldy, what are we going to do? Do? Well, one thing we ain't going to do is let that hombre scare us out of a fortune. But with him here and what we said... We'll find some way to take care of that. 
Lamy, I don't reckon you will like it, but you're going to have to do some more riding. We're breaking camp, clearing out and covering our trail. Lone Ranger and Tonto returned to their camp and in the morning set out on the trail to Osage. It was not difficult to recognize Johnny Thompson when they overtook him. He was still wearing the ill-fitting short clothes he had bought in San Francisco. He was obviously unaccustomed to the saddle. That must be hidden, Tonto. Uh, we'll soon find out, at least. Come on, get him up, look out. Hello there. Him hear you, but he's not stopping. Rain up, rain up your horse. Get up, get up. I'll stop him, Tonto. Come on, old fellow. Come on. Stay back. This is not hold up. Well, then, oh, oh, Silver, pull back, oh. I've got no money. And I just told you this isn't a hold-up. Then what are you stopping You me? know a man called Lamy. What? Where'd you find out about him? Where is he? How'd you come to know him? He's somewhere behind you on the trail. And I happen to know he's following you for a map you have in your possession. I knew it. I knew he'd follow. You've got more than him to fear. Lamy alone wouldn't last long in this country. But he's joined up with two crooks. He's told him about the map? He has. But what's this to you? The two men with him are Baldy Baker and a fellow called Ike. No one's ever heard his last name. I've suspected them to be outlaws for a long time. Now I'm sure of it. I warned you so you wouldn't be their next victim. That mask you wear. Doesn't prove I'm an outlaw. I have my own reason for wearing it. I'll just bet you have. You have that map with you? Where it is and what I've done with it is none of your business. Thompson, I'm trying to help you, or I wouldn't have given you this information. You're an outlaw. You wouldn't be wearing that mask. You won't be convinced. Very well. Just how do you expect to get there? You're going to attempt the trail alone? I'll tell you how I'm going. Silas Hanson is taking me if I can find him. Silas Hanson's an honest man. Which is more than I can say for some others. Let him take you there, but don't trust anyone else. Never fear. Old Sage is still quite a few miles ahead. Get going. You, you aren't even going to search me? I said get going. Well, I'll be switched. You are a funny pair of crooks. Get up. Get up there. Now, what we do? Find outlaw? They probably covered the tracks pretty well after the warning I gave them. Uh, that doesn't matter, however. If it had, I would have said nothing. You got planned? There's one thing certain. If Baldy and I can lie me do try anything, they'll have to show themselves to Johnny and Silas Hanson. That's right. And if we follow Johnny when he leaves old Sage, we'll be on hand whenever those crooks act. Uh. Whether Johnny believes us outlaws or not, Tonto, he's going to be protected. And that's good. And we're going to give him that protection. Come on, Tonto. Get him up. Hello, Silver. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, we do something right here, uh huh? It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, with exclusive loot on surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. Ha <laughs> ha. From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! The Loot Crate video box, what's with kids today, huh? Wowzers! With crates starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are boxes just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash Loot Crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash Loot Crate. Great Scott! Snap into a Loot Crate, dig You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media.
fiery horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high of silver, and the Lone Ranger. Now to continue our story. Johnny Thompson rode on to Osage, made inquiries in town, and learned that old Silas Hansen still lived there. He lost no time introducing himself and telling the purpose of his visit. Silas and his daughter Linda made the young man welcome. And when Johnny had finished his story, Silas said, Now this here masked fellow you met up with, just what did he look like? You recollect? Oh, he was tall. Taller than me, even. Broad-shouldered. He held himself right straight in the saddle. Mm. What kind of a horse was he riding? Gosh, Mr. Hanson, I'd never forget that horse if I lived to be a hundred. A white horse? White. Say, how'd you guess it? Is that masked man a well-known outlaw around here? Oh, that must be... Hold on, honey. Wait till we make sure. You said there was a redskin with him? Did you hear the redskin's name by any chance? No. Can't say as I did. Oh, wait. I did hear the masked man call out something or other just before he grabbed my reins. Yeah? It, it was Pronto or... A motto or something like that. <laughs> I just don't... Tonto? <laughs> sure, Tonto, that's it. Oh, oh, it was. And, Johnny, you went and mistook that fellow for an outlaw. Golly, that's the best yet. Huh? <laughs> I did something wrong? Pa, you mustn't make fun of him. He's a stranger in the way. He couldn't have heard of the Lone Ranger before. Lone Ranger? Shuck, son, that fellow ain't not only not a crook, but he's the one hombre in these parts that crooks steer clear of. They got any notion who he is. <laughs> I'm afraid I don't understand. Well, you see, Johnny. Oh, here now, honey. <laughs> you, you can't be calling this young fellow by his first name already. He most likely won't care for it. Oh, but... Uh, well, I don't mind. Oh. <laughs> you see, nobody knows who the Lone Ranger is, where he came from, his name, nothing. But he's done more to build up the West than any other man alive. He's quite a feller, all right. But ain't you taking in a hull heap of territory, honey? Well, he has, Paul. You know he has. I... I think he's wonderful. I'll bet he'd be mighty proud to hear you say that, Miss Linda. Oh, he, he wouldn't even know I was alive. Doggone, how many men do you want on your string, anyhow? First you're making eyes at Johnny here. Then you go to talking about the masked fella like a lovesick girl. I wasn't even making eyes at Johnny. <laughs> uh, you go with me into the mountains then, Mr. Hanson? Sure will. We leave first in the morning. Get up before dawn, reach the hills before night comes. That's great. You, you seem mighty anxious to get away. <laughs> but don't you see, Linda? Uh, Miss Linda... If we find that gold, then I can get back real quick and... And? and? Oh, nothing. <laughs> you young folks got me beat. <laughs> Silas and Johnny left several hours before dawn the following day. It was two hours later when three shadowy figures approached the handsome place. Linda, having seen her father and Johnny off, had remained up and was busy in her kitchen. Well, Miss Valley, they tell me you're leaving. Such a wish, your bright eyes and sweet smile. There they tell Yes? I've got a message for you, Miss. Uh, one moment. You, you have a message? Yeah, we oh, come. Blimey. Ain't she a looker, though? Oh. Now, what's wrong, Miss? Give you a fright, did I? You... You're the man, Lonnie. Heard to me, eh, Duchess? Tricky if I ain't a man for the ladies to hear about. Get out of that. Half an hour. Get out of here. Get out. Miss, that's just what we aim to do. But you can get into your riding clothes first, because you're going with it. Unaware that Limey and his newfound friends had seized Linda, Silas and Johnny continued their journey. The mountain air was keen, the sun warm, their horses fresh and willing. Johnny, to whom the West was a new experience, was enthusiastic. And Silas laughed at the young man's high spirits. <laughs> well, Johnny, kind of cotton to this here country, don't you? Mr. Hanson. Uh, Silas to you, Johnny. I keep forgetting. Silas, this country is grand. Uh-huh. Sort of think so myself. Golly, I wouldn't want to go back east again, even if I hadn't met... Huh? Met who? Uh, 
no one, Silas. Oh. It's like I said, I keep forgetting. <laughs> Their way led into more rugged country. They reached Timberline and continued beyond, where even the sure-footed pack horses found the trail difficult. Silas and Johnny went up the first to climb the mountain that morning, however. High above them rode a masked man and an Indian. Come on, Silver! They must be making for that pass up ahead, Paddle! That only way trail go! We'll go through it first! Wait until we're sure they're coming, then ride on again! Uh. Come on, old fellow! Come on, Silver! Three men and a girl followed Silas at a safe distance. The girl's face was worn and anxious. Of the men, one was heavy set with a head that shone bald when he removed his Stetson. One keeping the saddle with obvious difficulty was thin, furtive, and wizened. The third was somber, hawk-faced, sullen. He raised his hand and pointed the trail before them with... This is just about where Jake Ross used to lose one fellas that followed him, Baldy. How do you know them fellas in front of us ain't going to do the same? <laughs> Jake weren't the same proposition as these fellas. He couldn't be followed because he was the best fella on the trail in his parts. Silas ain't so bad, but he's getting old. The other fella's just a tender for I hope they knew you. I hope with all my heart they do. <laughs> Dodgers, you're a game sport. Blimey, if you ain't. But your friend's playing a losing game. Oh, blasted horse. The blooming Hannibal likes to make me ache. Yes, he does. Blimey, if he don't. Deeper into the mountains rode Silas and Johnny, following the clear markings of the map. At first, they were constantly on the watch for Baldy and Ike, but as they approached their destination, they forgot everything but the gold mine. One day, shortly before noon, Johnny shouted, Silas, there it is! Just like the map says, see? A big rock carved out to look like a pillar. That spring twinkling out from the top. The cave just beyond. Come on, Silas, hurry! Get up, get up! Tired as they were, the two men were far too eager to explore their find to take the time to rest. All that day, their picks dug at the gleaming sides of the cave. That night, they slept, but at dawn, they returned to their task. Hour after hour, they swung their picks until finally Silas called a halt. Whew. That's enough for now. Johnny, drop that pick of yours before you wear yourself up. The gold will keep. Silas, ain't it wonderful? Gold. Did you ever see anything like it? Mm-mm. Golly, I never had a thrill like this in my whole life. I'll bet you never. And it's a fact, it's the richest claim I've ever seen. No wonder Jake kept it secret. This is the kind of a claim that men will murder for. You were right, sir. What, Lanny? <laughs> Don't begin as good to see an old shipmate. Ah, aren't you glad to see me, my angel, Paul? What'd you expect? <laughs> we ain't got nothing again over the gold mine ourselves, have we, Lanny? Cookie, <laughs> we ain't. Up with your hands. I reckon. You're now. covered. And if you shoot his governor, what'll be happening to the Duchess? What's that? What Lanny's trying to say is maybe if you shot us. It wouldn't go so good for your girl, Linda. Linda? <laughs> well, that would fetch you. Sure, we followed you. We brought Linda along. Right now, she's in a place you won't ever find. With Ike to guard her. You scum. I'd like to see now. Silas, I reckon we hold a whip hand. Always suppose you'd like to see your girl again. Now, how is it for a trade? Uh, a trade? Sure. The mine for the girl. Do it, Silas. Go on, do it. We can't let nothing happen to Linda. I don't give a hoot for my share of the gold alongside her. Not so fast. Huh? This mine ain't never been claimed. We let you go and you'll break your necks getting the town to file on it. No, sirree. You ain't getting away with nothing like that. But we're not going to do What you're going to do before we give you back the girl or let her go. You signed the paper. Saying that when you got here, you found we'd stake the claim ahead of you. 
That way, if you try any funny business, we'll have the evidence to show you're just clean jumpers. Slick, ain't you? I know my way around. We, we've got to do it, Silas. We've got no choice. Yeah. I have nothing. Well, Tyler, that's that's what happened. Silas, you're going free. We failed the and took her away from Ike. You don't have to find anything. Come on, tell Mike. Grandfather, you got the girl. Oh, I'd like to cut it black your throat. Get out of here. Come on, we're going to find out what happened to Ike. How oh, they got the girl. Hurry up, Mike. That, that must have been a lone ranger. But where'd he go? What did he do with Linda? Why did he bring her here? You'll come and talk to the rescue. You'll come. <laughs> Baldy and his companion raced to the spot where they had left Ike and Linda. When they arrived, they could scarcely believe their eyes. Oh, 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 oh. She's still here. What's the matter, Baldy? Have you seen a mask color around this camp at any time? Gosh, no. Have you? I've seen no one. Then what in blazes was he up to? He's got me beat for fair, Monty. What's this all about? Why, well, we had old Silas and the young fellow just where he wanted them. Already to sign the paper, glad of the chance. When that mask fellow showed up and yelled that he'd found the girl and got her loose. The fellow's loco. Well, what's his game, eh? What's the blacker up to? Listen, show you. Hey, come on, Silver. Up with your hands on the You won't get away with it. You must take Baldy and reach. You wanted to know why I said Linda wasn't your prisoner. It was to make you leave me here, and you did. Let's rush him, Baldy. We're three to his one. You're not three to my one now. Watch it, ruddy savages coming. Hold on. Hold on. Linda, you, you're all right, honey. They haven't harmed you. I'm so glad you came, Johnny. Doggone, Johnny. Just quit looking at her and untie them ropes. We'll clear out. Just let us go and we won't bother you no more. Well, come on, Governor. Cross me blooming out and hope to die. I ain't a chap that'll bother you no more. That's quite true. You won't. Wait, listen. Can we make a deal? Stranger, can we? Do you remember what I told you the first time we met? I, I guess I thought I... I knew you'd try for the gold in spite of my warning. And I said that when you did, when you made a slip, Tyler and I would act. Please. That's enough. Silas. Yeah? Tyler will stay with you and Johnny to guard these men. The three of you should have no trouble. Shucks, not now that you've given us the upper hand on them. And I'll head for town and bring the law. But here, you don't have to trouble yourself no more for us. You just... Are you still Wait! Away! Look at him go, will you? Talks like a blooming top and rides like his ruddy majesty dragoons. Now why didn't you go tell me the blighter wasn't human? Blimey, mate, he ain't!
story you have just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. With the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hayo Silver, the Lone Ranger. to the western United States during the frontier days looked forward to a new start in life, and they found a strong ally in the masked rider of the plains. Any man who proved that he was honest and upright could count on the Lone Ranger's help in time of danger or necessity. With his faithful Indian companion, Tonto, he fought crime and criminals throughout the new territory, and the memory of his deeds will remain as long as the memory of the early west itself. Return with us now to those thrilling days when adventure lay at the end of every trail... From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver! We're heading for Fremont! Father's waiting on the trail ahead! Hi-ho, Silver! Away! The Lone Ranger and his faithful Indian companion, Tonto, were still some distance from the town of Fremont when they caught the sound of shots, very faint in the distance. The masked man raised his arm in a signal to Tonto, and the two men drew their great horses to a halt. Oh, Silver! Oh, 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 oh. Were those oh. shots, Tonto? They were so faint. We listened. Ah, uh, them shots. They came from the left, I think. That way. Then come on, Kimosabe. We're going to investigate. Get him up, Scout. Come on, Silver. Come on! The 
masked man in the lead, they raced to the top of a rise and saw in the distance a half dozen mounted figures riding away from an isolated house. Quick, haste, fella. To the house first, fellow. Then after them. Uh, Hurry, old fellow. Catch up those great legs of yours. Come on, Silver. Rapidly, they drew near to the house, the hoofs of Scout and Silver beating the hard-packed earth. Then they reined in before the neatly painted porch. Oh, Silver. Oh, 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 oh. What's wrong in there? Come, Tonto. Uh, Tonto, come. Anybody inside? Was it a raid? Put down that gun. Jim, don't fire. Oh, you two friends, Tonto, get you. Let me go, Redskin. Let me go, you dirty outlaws. No, Tonto, don't. It won't do. Tonto, fix him. You crooked Redskin. Stop it. Stop it. Tonto, this man's a Texas Ranger. He wouldn't have fired at me if he thought he had a reason. Their wound. It's nothing, just a scratch. See, Kimasami, look for yourself. Get ripped from the top of my shirt and barely graze the skin. Now let that man go. Now, Tonto, let him go. Yeah. Oh, Tim, Tim, you know what you've done? You fired the Lone Ranger. No. Lance, they couldn't you listen when I told you not to fire? That's all right. Tim made an honest mistake. My mask. There was no reason for him to know. The Lone Ranger. Oh, what's happened here? Who were those horsemen we saw riding off? Even Apaches, that's what they were. Tried to hold me up only Tim come along and drew them off. Tim, you attacked six men at once. I, it was my duty. Mr. Mathman, you ain't going to think harder, Tim, for what he done, are you? He's a fine boy. And shouldn't I know it with him boarding and rooming here like he's been for the past month? You won't, will you? Of course not. Tonto, come. We'll think after those Apaches. Uh, no, hold on. But I thought... It's all right. They're just engines left the reservation to see what they could steal. I recognized all of them. You didn't go after them. They'll be picked up later, sure enough. You're sure of that? I'll just send word to the barracks and a couple of the boys will keep an eye out. Them red kids will head for the hills to hide out for a spell. Then when they figure the trouble's died down, they'll go back to the reservation and the boys will grab them. You can take my word for it. Very well. We'll be getting on to camp, then. I'd like to say I'm sorry. Don't. Tim. Huh? You've heard of the Lone Ranger just like I have. Of course. You know the things he does for folks. The men and the women he helped out of all kinds of trouble. The crooks he's in jail. I couldn't tell, Kate. Oh, but Tim, my boy, you could. He'd understand. He's just the kind of a man you ought to tell. No, I can't Please, tell him. Please, Tim. Mr. Massman, you'd helped him out of trouble if you knew it wasn't his fault, wouldn't you? I'd be glad to help. No, Kate, it ain't fair. And especially after me shooting at him. Don't be so prideful, stubborn idiot. Just a minute now. Here now. Just you read this letter. Addressed to Timothy Jordan and care of the Texas Ranger Barracks. That's the name I'm using. Using? Just read what's inside. But this, the letter itself, is addressed to Douglas Moore. Uh huh, that's right. That's my real name. Go on, read the rest of it. Hmm. Blackmail. Filthy beast to do such a thing. Tim. Are the things said in this letter true? They aren't, stranger. On my honor as a Texas Ranger, they aren't. I swear it. The man who wrote that framed me. Hurley. That's the Polecat's name, Hurley. It says that unless you pay him a sum of money, he'll expose you as Douglas Moore. You say your real name is Douglas Moore, although you've joined the Texas Rangers as Timothy Jordan. You'll listen if I tell you the story? Of course I will. You don't look to me as the kind of man who'd commit the crime you're accused of in here. You see, mister, Timothy's my middle name. Jordan was my ma's before she got married. That's why I put the two of them together. I see. What you read in that letter happened more than a year ago. I'd been raised in the West over Montana way. But when Paul passed on right after Maud died, I thought I'd like to take me a trip east and see what it was like back there. You met Hurley in the east? Uh-huh, in Boston. The way we happened to meet was him noticing how much alike we looked. We did for the fact. You could hardly tell us apart even when we was together. No. We used to joke about it. He offered to show me the sights and we got to be right close friends. At least ways I thought we was. And then what happened? And then, stranger, the thing you read about happened. Hurley come round to the hotel where I was staying one day and said he wanted to fool some friends of his for a joke. Of course, it sounded sort of silly, but 
I was only in East for a good time anyhow, so it didn't seem to matter none. And the joke? He didn't make it real clear. Just said we was to dress exactly alike. Well, we did. We took a handsome cab into the swell part of town, stopping in front of a big house. Curtis said he'd go in first and sort of prepare the way for me while I waited outside. I said that'd be all right. The next thing I knew, I heard a shout inside. Women folks screaming in a regular hullabaloo. The next thing I knew, I was being arrested. Arrested? For what? Why, that dirty double cross of a hurley had gone inside, robbed the folks that lived there, killed one of the men and lit out, leaving me to take the blame. If I hadn't made a break for it when I seen I was due to swing, I'd have paid for what he done. That was why you changed your name. And joined the Texas Rangers just a short while back. And Tim, tell the masked man who the fellow is you've been sent to look for, but Captain Bowles. Stranger, a reward notice come from the East a couple of weeks ago. A notice offering a thousand dollars for the arrest of Douglas Moore. For the arrest of yourself. Right. The notice described me so close, I wanted to get clear of the barracks for a while. So I told Captain Bowers I'd seen a fellow answering the description over to Fremont, just a couple of miles from here. And so, here I am, looking for myself so as I could arrest myself. That's one of the strangest stories I ever heard. Mercy's sake, I've been so worried ever since Tim told me about it. I haven't known what to do. But why would a reward notice have been sent all the way to Texas for a crime committed in the East? You've seen that letter. I've been getting one like it almost every day. Hurley's on his way here right now by stage. And my hunch is... He's the one that seen to it. The reward notice was sent here. Figured maybe they'd give me a scare and sort of prepare the way in case he did tell the law about me. Yes, that's possible. You don't know where Hurley is at the moment, do you? I can tell from the places he's mailed the letters. Right now, he ought to be at King City. The stage leaves there at noon and reaches Excelsior by 9 o'clock in the evening. Are the barracks at Excelsior? They are. What Hurley will do after he gets there, I don't know. I'm going to have a talk with him. You, you mean that? Oh, bless you, Mr. Mass Man, if you do. He may listen to reason... Come, Toto. Uh, you let me know how you come up. I'll return here. I should meet the stage between King and Excelsior if I hurry. I can be back here by 10 or 11 o'clock. I'll be waiting. That is over. Uh, come on, Silver. Get him up, go. The stage bound for Excelsior carried two passengers that day. One was the Easterner Hurley. The other was a thin-faced man with eyes too close together. While the stage swayed and bounced, traveling the rough trail, its passengers were engrossed in the gambling game they had devised to pass the time. Hurley held in his hand a greasy deck of cards. The other looked at him thoughtfully, then made a decision. A hundred dollars, it's high. I'll turn the card over. <laughs> the three of spades. <laughs> that's another hundred I win. Well, last year. I'll take the money now. Yeah, just a second. Yeah. Just about clean me, mister. I got 200 left. I'll bet the whole works on the turn of the next card. Suits me. What's your guess? Uh, high. Let's see. Friend, I'm sorry. The six of diamonds. Why, you low-down crook. Here now. I seen you take that card from the bottom of the deck. I was just waiting for you to pull a stunt like that. I knew blame well you couldn't have took me for over $2,000 and go without you were cheating. Wait, don't. Let go. I'll just take that cash back. Rondo. Yes, I'll give it to you. Where? Where? Whoa, you hey, driver, what are you pulling up out here in the country for? I'm the reason. Oh, oh, Silver. Keep the driver and guard covered, Tonto. Uh, I'll do that. But hold up. Your name, Hurley? What if it is? You and I are going to have a talk. Climb out of that stage. But, what a... Get out. The stage will wait for you. Yes, sir. You there. Are you Spud Cooper? There's folks that's called me that. Any business of yours who I am, stranger? When did you get out of jail? What's it to you? I wondered... You served your term, I'd see to it. I went straight from now on if I were you. You're a fine one to talk. It would pay you to remember what I said. Come along, Hurley. We're going over by those trees. What I had to say to you was private. I don't see why you I... You will. Here, give me your hand. There now. Come on, Silver. How did you know who I was? 
certain young fellow told me about you, Hurley. I wasn't sure of his story at first. After comparing you with him, however, I think I'd take his word before yours. This'll do. No, Silver. <coughs> young fellow? Douglas Moore, or Tim Jordan, whichever you wish to call him. How'd you know? He told me his story. You do look a great deal alike. I still don't see why. me. You've come out here to blackmail Tim. Don't deny it because I'm satisfied that's true. He's a killer. I doubt it. There were that still wouldn't justify blackmail. But I tell you... You're a stranger to this part of the country, Hurley. You aren't familiar with our customs. In the East, everything is done according to the established law. In the West, things are sometimes handled differently. You're threatening me? Perhaps. Understand this. Carry out your plan and you'll regret it. You can save yourself a lot of trouble by taking the first stage east out of Excelsior. After you reach town and returning where you came from. You wouldn't shoot me, would you? I'm not saying what I do. I'm telling you what you're going to do. Do you understand? Yes. You're going back? I don't want trouble. There'll be no more efforts at blackmail? I... No, there won't. Good. You can go back to the stage. As long as you behave yourself, nothing will be done. I think you understand. Just a moment. What are you doing with those gold pieces? Just putting them in my money belt. You can do that in the stage. No, wait. I'm almost finished. Hurry, then. There. That, that's it. Yeah. Into the saddle with you. Come on, old fellow. Hey, sir. I'm a gloomy. You're going to hold us up. I'm returning your passenger. You can get on your way at once. There you are. Oh, oh, boy. I can go now. But don't forget what I said. I, I won't. All right, now let's go. Get him up. Hello, Silver. Howard. Get along, you critter. Get up, sir. Get up. Mr. What that mask fella want with you? It was a holdup. Hey, you mean to say he got my cash? He took every dollar of yours and mine both. Well, that's all you had, eh? Never bothered me at all, eh? That's what he did. Mister, you're pretty slick, ain't you? What do you mean? Well, ain't nothing much, mister. Hardly nothing at all. All I meant was that there's slickers from the East come to this country and sometimes makes unhealthy mistakes. What? <laughs> Maybe you don't savvy just now, mister. But you will. You just bet you will. The curtain falls on the first act of our thrilling Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Now to continue the story. The Lone Ranger had warned the Easterner Hurley that it would be advisable for him to return to the East as promptly as possible without putting into effect his plan to collect blackmail. The masked man received Hurley's promise to do as he'd been told. He questioned the Easterner's sincerity. When they had drawn out of sight of the stage, the Lone Ranger and Tonto halted. I'm leaving you here, Tonto. Where you go? I mistrust that fellow. Hurley said he'd take the next stage east again. He may keep his promise. Strikes me as a treacherous coward, however. The kind of man who will make a promise to avoid trouble, then break it at the first opportunity. Ah, uh, he look like heap bad feller. I'd like to find out more about him. Tim may know something he had not a chance to tell me that we could use. Uh, but in the meantime, I want you to watch Hurley. The Texas Ranger barracks are at Excelsior. Prevent Hurley's going there if he makes an attempt. Might mean that he planned to tell Tim's real identity. Counter to that. Otherwise, don't interfere with him. 
We'll not bother him unless he causes trouble for Tim. Uh, I'll get in touch with you at our old camp near town. If I get information from Tim, that'll help us. Me? Look there for you. Keep an eye out. On the other hand, if anything develops here, ride as fast as you can to that house near Fremont. I'll probably not leave there until morning. Uh, Good luck, Kimosabi, and I'll see you later. Come on, children. Come up, John. Leaving Tonto to keep Hurley in sight, the Lone Ranger urged Silver toward the house where he had first met Tim. There he found Tim and motherly Kate Rooney, Tim's landlady, anxiously awaiting his report. The masked man told them what had happened when he had stopped the stage, then closely questioned Tim concerning the eastern crook. But he was unable to obtain any more information and... I'm sorry, stranger. I've gone over everything the polecat ever said or done when I was with him. I can't recollect nothing you could use. I'd hope you'd know something of his past that he wouldn't want revealed. Sometimes that's the only way to deal with blackmailers. Threaten them in turn. The only thing I know for sure is that he killed that fellow in Boston. But I can never prove it. It's me that's wanted for that murder. You think he'll go back east? I wish I could feel sure of it. There's no doubt the man's a coward, but he's sly, too. But a man of that type lacks in courage, he makes up in cunning. I'd like to deal with a varmint. You've been grand, Kate, worrying about me the way you have. Sure, and why not? Didn't I have a boy of my own that'd have been just your age now if the good Lord had spared him for me? It'll be daylight soon. I better be getting back to Excelsior. I told Tonto I'd meet him. What's that? A hospital. Might be Tonto. He said he'd ride here if he had news. Who is it? Hold Come in. The door ain't locked. Did anything happen, Kimosabi? Oh, that plenty happened. Hurley didn't try to reveal Tim's identity. Not, not yet. Him dead. Huh? Dead? Hurley dead? Ah, uh, him get shot. Shot? Thought of who did it. Where did it happen? Hunter in stage door. Spud Cooper? That right. I wonder... There was something wrong there. Hurley hiding that money in the belt he wore. He was up to something. And this may be the result. Tyler, did Spud kill him while they were still in the stage? No. Him wait. Make Hurley fella ride from town... Kill him outside town. Outside town? Couldn't you prevent it? No. Me too far back. Me here shot. Ride past. See killer right way. I'm glad Tonda couldn't stop it. Glad. It was what he had coming. And Tim, now you're free. Now he can't blackmail you. Golly. Wait. Well? Don't you realize what this means? It means that the only man who could have been made to tell the truth about that shooting in Boston is dead. He can never clear Tim. Oh, heavens above. I never thought. Then, why then, stranger, I'm worse off than I was before. You are. You're still wanted by the law. So far, you haven't been recognized as Douglas Moore. But you will be sooner or later. And when you are, you'll not have a chance to prove your innocence. Only Hurley could have done that. Well, what'll I do? Clear out? Go into hiding? There may be something. Tonto, uh, did you report Hurley's death? Does anyone know of it yet? No, me tell you first. But is Hurley's body where someone's likely to find it? Then not find it. Easy. It way off trail. And it's possible... You got a plan? Oh, if you only had... I think it'll work. Tonto, where did Spud go after the shooting? Him right north. Toward the hill. Huh? Kate. Huh? Those letters Hurley wrote Tim. Get them for me, quickly. We haven't a moment to waste. They're in the drawer, here. Tim, do you have anything with your real name on it, a watch, anything of the sort? I haven't, friend. I got rid of all them things when I come here. I couldn't take the chance that they'd be seen and me recognized. Then the letters will have to do. But what have you got in mind? Tim, the letters that Hurley wrote to threaten you are going to be used to clear you. I don't say that. You will. Here they are, stranger. Every one of them. Good. Now take them out of their envelopes and see that the envelopes are destroyed. And then? Then go through the letters, pick out those that don't mention the fact you're a Texas Ranger, and get rid of the others. There must be a half dozen like that. Get busy at it. Tonto, I have something for you to do. Uh-huh. I've got a good idea where Spud has gone to if he's headed north. I think we can find him and bring him back. Maybe him head for cave. His old hideout. I'm backing that's where he's gone. He doesn't know anyone but himself has any idea where his hideout is. He wasn't arrested there the last time he went to jail. He was arrested in town. Not right. Tim and I are going to do two things. What that? First, we're going to find Hurley, and then we're going after Spud. Oh. Uh, what you want Tonto to do? Give Tim and I time to get to the hills and back. 
That should take us about eight hours. Uh-huh. Then ride to the Texas Ranger headquarters at Excelsior. Find Captain Bowers and report that you've just discovered Hurley's body. Take him there. How to do that? Be sure, however, that you give us time to arrive at the spot as soon as the captain... I um, he fixed it. Have you found the letters I want, Tim? You bet I have. Look, here's one and here's another. Very here's well. third. Put them in your pocket and come with me. Kate, you'll destroy all these envelopes and the remaining letters. Of course I will, stranger. But what good is he going to do? He's going to close the case against Douglas Moore forever. Tim beside him, the Lone Ranger first rode to the spot where Tonto had told him he would find Hurley, then headed for the hills. In the meantime, Tonto marked the hours and took care that no one discovered the body before the time appointed. But promptly, when eight hours had elapsed, he appeared at Captain Bower's office and told his story. You say you just now found him laying there? Mm, that's right. Who was the man? Did you recognize him? No, me not know him. Lindsay. Yes, sir? Bring two mounts to the front at once. We're riding with the Redskin to look into this. Right, sir. Have we far to go? If not far... Maybe half an hour around. Good. Come along. I'll have to insist that you return with us. That all right. Go ahead. Uh. Where's Lindsay? What's keeping him? Oh, there he is. Well, is this your horse, Redskin? Uh, that scout. I'd like to have one as good. We're ready, sir. Thanks. You lead the way, Redskin. Don't go do that. It that way. Very well. Ready, Lindsay? Yes, sir. And come along. Get up there. Get, Get up, scout. Get up. Get up. Captain Bowers, following the lead of Tonto, did not realize that he was acting according to the plan of the Lone Ranger. The three men kept their mounts to the trail for almost two miles. Then, at a sign from Tonto, left it to ride toward a distant woods. There they penetrated for several rods before Tonto pointed to a figure on the ground ahead of them. There, fellow. Oh, oh, Maybe, maybe you find out fellow's name. We'll see. Ever see this man before, Lindsay? I... I'd say I hadn't, sir, but he does look familiar somehow. I can't just place what it is. But... Yes, I have the same feeling. Strange. Take a look through his pockets. There should be identification of some sort. Yes, sir. You see trail? Huh? What's uh, that? There, trail. A killer feller. A killer's trail? Huh? How can you know that? You look. There where killer. Get off horse. You see? Uh-huh. There where them have fight. The ground all tore up. It heap big fight. Well, you can't be sure, You could sir. chew a dead man. It wore thin. Here, Mark, a shoe like him wear. Redskin, I believe you're right. Ah. Let me look closer. Yeah, there can't be much doubt about it. Two men were struggling here. And one of them was this man who'd been shot. Ah, here trail outlaw fella make with horse. You see? I certainly do. Those men had a fight. A shot was fired. Yes, there's the empty shell. And the killer mounted again over here. We'll recognize the prince of that horse again when we see them. But wait, there have been other horses here, too. One trail scout make. Yes? Tonto not know who make other trail... But them not killer. Yes, that's plain enough. Lindsay, what have you got there? Captain, take a look at these. No wonder we thought there was something familiar about this fellow. What are those letters? Yeah. Captain, this man is Douglas Moore. He's the one described in that water notice we got from the east. Why, yes. You remember, sir? They wrote he was thought to have headed for Texas. Uh, what other identification have you found? Nothing, sir. But that's natural enough, isn't it? He was obviously trying to escape the law. He'd get rid of anything that would betray him. These letters, blackmail letters, the fellow probably had his own reasons for hanging on to them. Or he might have just received them. You see, the envelopes are gone. There's no telling when the letters were sent or from where. That's so. We'll have to get Moore's murderer, of course. But I'd say the fellow saved the state the expense of a trial. Well, we'd better... You hear that? Horses. And come in here. They've entered the woods, sir. Wait. Well, I'll be... It's young Jordan. And one of those fellows with him is masked. Jordan! I've got the killer, sir! Oh, 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 oh. Masked? So you're the killer. <laughs> 
You're mistaken, Captain. This fellow right here. Get out of that saddle. Yeah, you got me. And I'm telling you, Hurley had it coming to her. Hurley? But how... Yeah, Hurley. And I still say he had it coming. The sneaking card shop tricked me out of my cash, and we was riding here on the stage. But I fixed the coyote. He won't be cheating nobody else. Wait. You call this man Hurley. How do you know that's his name? Travel with him on the stage, didn't I? Didn't he tell me Hurley was his handle? But, Captain, those letters were signed by Hurley. One moment. What have you got to do with it? He's all right, Captain. I vouched for him. If it hadn't been for him, I'd never have caught the killer. He helped me trail him, then shot the polecat gun out of his hand when he got the drop on me. Well, what were you going to say? We were here before you and saw those letters before you did. Isn't it possible when Moore came west, he borrowed the name of the man who tried to blackmail him? That's just the kind of thing that might have appealed to him. I'm not sure I understand your point. Hurley threatened his safety. Why then not use Hurley's name to ensure his safety? Assume Hurley's name for himself. Some men would enjoy doing that very thing. Sir, I think the masked man's hit on it. It's the only explanation I can see. Jordan has told me there was a wanted notice out for Moore. Moore was described as about 5 feet 11. Blonde, blue eyes, heavy hair, and a straight nose. Those are the things I recall. This man answers that identical description. You're right. He must be Moore. Sir, you're, you're sending word east that the case is closed? That Moore is killed and he ain't wanted no more? Word will be sent at once. And Jordan. Yes, sir. I wish to congratulate you upon your prompt capture of your prisoner. It was the masked fellow, sir. But you must have done your share... And you proved yourself worthy of the title of a Texas Ranger. Thank you, sir. And the masked man proved I had the right to another name. Another name? The name of Tim Jordan. I don't understand. No, sir. No, I expect you wouldn't. Because that's something between just me and the Lone Ranger. copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silver age heroes. 
Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. To the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and the hearty high silver, the Lone Ranger. Western United States had to fight outlaws and hostile Indians so constantly that even the honest men came to accept gun law as a natural thing. It was the masked rider of the plains who made them realize that the winning of the West could never be accomplished until violence gave place to law and order. It was he more than any other man who brought justice and peace to the frontier. Return with us now to those thrilling days when the West was young. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver! There's going to be trouble in Freeland! We've got to hurry! Hail, Silver! Away! <laughs> 
In the town of Freeland, the Reverend Sylvester Lamb's meeting house stood virtually empty. His sermons were misconstrued to approve cowardice. He was the butt of everyone's jokes, and his principal tormentor was young Vic Donlan, son of the wealthy retired rancher Frank Donlan. On the day our story opens, Vic, accompanied by a group of hangers-on, had caught the minister outside his meeting house and was enjoying himself at Lamb's expense. Let's see your dad, Parson. Come on, show us the jig. Please, Vic, you should know better than that. Keep your side by on some of them fancy steps you learned when you're going to school in the East, Vic. Make them do a fandango. Vic, give the Parson some music to dance to. Of course. Oh, no, wait, please. Move it up, Parson. Take a leg, mister. Your music's too slow, Vic. Come on. No, please, please, please that's the way. Dan's you like to enjoy it. How do you like my fiddling? Let me get in a couple of shots. Oh, one more round, boys, and then... Hey, Dick, here comes the ball. Huh? Who called it? He looks mad in a wet hand. You young fool. Hold on. Oh, oh, oh. Now, listen, Dad, I... Uh, I was... You've been drinking again. Drinking with these here no-good bar-fly he, he meant no harm. What's that? Well, he was just amusing himself. He didn't realize what he was doing. Well, I'll be doggone. You mean you're sticking up for him? I don't want him punished on my account. Skid will get even with you, huh? I heard you wasn't much of a man, but I'll be hornswoggled if I figured you was that yeller. You don't need to be scared no more. When I get through with the young whelp, he won't be able to make you no trouble. You must understand. I'm not afraid. I simply don't believe he should be punished so severely for, for his high spirits. High spirits? The only spirits he's got in him come from a bottle down the cafe. Spending my cash to get drunk. Making believe he's a real sport. By treating all the bootlicking bums in town to drinks with money he never earned. Now look here, Frank. Yes, I mean you, Jason, and you, Cal. And all the rest of you. There ain't one of you's ever done a day's work in your life. You're a pack of sponge and guzzlers that are trying to make my boy as bad as you. Well, you won't do it if I have to gun whip every one of you and Vic in the bargain. That's mighty strong talk. You better get be... on your horses and scat, or I'll take a gun to you right now. Why you can't... Get, blast you. Ah, come on, fellas. Ain't nothing for us here anyhow. Not you, Vic. Uh, Dad. You're going home with me. Dad, you can't talk to my friends like that. I just did, didn't I? You had no right. Yeah? Well, look at him heading for town. And for another soft-headed idiot to buy him free drinks. Son, is that all the school and I paid for torture? To make friends with a lot of skunks like them? They're not... They're not skunks. They're as worthless as you are. Almost $2,000 I spent sending you to school. And you ain't done a lick of work. Ain't earned a dollar since you come back. Why should I work? You've got plenty, haven't you? Why, you... Besides, what did they teach me in the East that I can use here? I wish I'd stayed back East. I wish... Shut I... up and get on your horse. What for? Because I'm going to get you home and give you the doggonest talking to you ever had. Go on, get mounted. Oh, all right. And parson. Yes? I don't blame folks for not coming to meeting. We raise men in these parts. And the fellow that aims to tell him how to live has got to be a man himself. Well, I don't intend to use my fist for sermons. No? Well, sometimes they're a heap more convincing than all the talk you sky pilots can make in a month of Sundays. Uh, come on, Vic. Get up there. Get it up. Get up there, boy. Uh, I, I wonder if the day will ever come when they really understand what I'm trying to do. Oh, well. Come along, Silver. Masked. I heard the shots. I've been behind the meeting house. Who, oh, Silver? Who? Oh. I suppose you came to rob me. I came to help you, but Frank Donlan got here first. Oh. You don't seem frightened by my mask. I have no reason to fear you or any other man. From what I've heard, I'd expect you to be frightened. I'm not the first man to be misunderstood. I said from what I'd heard. From what I've seen for myself, I'd come to a different conclusion. I don't quite see what I you... I think I understand the work you're trying to do here. I believe you've got a message for the people in Freeland that they need. You could earn the respect of these people. If you could, they'd listen to you. I... 
I hope for that day to come. It's going to come. What do you mean? I mean you're going to be helped. You, you'll help me? I think I can. Come on, Silver. Wait, I'd like come to... Come on, old fellow. Come on. Stop. Come back. He means well. But what can a masked man do to help me? Ranger sent Silver racing across country toward a small wood where he had made his secret camp. Tonto, his faithful Indian companion, was waiting for him. Oh, Silver. Oh, boy. Oh. Where? Where you ride? I've been talking to the minister at Freeland, Tonto. Oh? Remember I told you I was interested in him? I'm Tonto member. I'd heard about him and I wanted to talk to him. I think he's the kind of man this district needs. There are plenty of trouble here. There always will be trouble as long as men are convinced the only authority is in their guns. Two men were killed just last week in drunken brawls in town. When a man thinks he's been robbed or cheated, he doesn't turn to the law. He takes his six-gun and makes his aim the judge. Not right. Because the minister preaches against that, he's sneered at. They even laugh at him because of his name. As though a name could indicate a man's character. Not heap foolish. The older men don't matter. They came into this country at a time when they had to fight to establish themselves. They built the country with the aid of their guns. And it's too late now to get them to change their way of thought. Uh. The younger men, however, should be taught that a new way of life is coming to the West. Young Vic Donlan, for instance. He comes from a fine family. He's had the advantage of an expensive education in the East. Yet he's just as ready as anyone to criticize the minister because he teaches peace. Me seeing Tonto not like it. I don't think Vic's a bad fellow, though, Tonto. All he needs is a lesson. <laughs> Tonto, Tonto here knows, too. News? A uh, feller in town think Injun go on warpath. You mean the Indians on the reservation? Ah, uh, him hear Injun drum, think brave, get ready, take scalp. But those Indians are just celebrating their harvest ceremonies. Don't the people in town realize that? <laughs> Them plenty scared. Frightened. Tonto, that gives me an idea. What that? Our old friend, Chief Thundercloud. Where is he now? Him not far. Maybe four, five-day ride. I told the minister I'd help him. At the time, I wasn't sure how it could be done. You got plan? There's only one thing that will ever win the townspeople over to his side. Somehow, we'll have to show them that he isn't the coward they think him. Ah. If those same people can get so frightened over nothing but a ceremonial dance, I believe I see a way to do it. Mm, that'd be good. Thundercloud will have to help us, though. And we'll have to find a way to see that he doesn't get into trouble because of it. Ah. Let's see... Tonto, I've got it. It's going to work out better than I thought. When it works, the minister won't only have a chance to prove himself, but Vic Donlan may find that some of his ideas have been all wrong. What we do? We're going to ride to the home of Vic's father. We're riding at once. Yes, Count. If Frank Donlan will do as we say, we're all set. Huh? And I think he will. Come on, Count. Count. the Donlan home that night was silent and constrained. Vic sulked while his father glowered. Little was said, however, until they had finished eating. Then they waited until Mrs. Donlan cleared the last of the dishes from the table and then... My, what a lot of dirty dishes you men folks do leave. Well, there, that's the last of them. Uh, I'll help you with them, Mother. You stay here. Tain't necessary, son. I've done them alone for 30 years. I guess I can still do them without no help. Well, um, I think I'll be going to my room. I said you stay here. I promise you a good talking to, and you're going to get it. I don't see what there's to talk about. Do you know what folks are saying about you, son? What do you mean? They're saying you're just a loafer. They're saying because I got money, you figure you're too good for working, like other folks got to do. They're saying the only use you've got is swilling down liquor at the cafe. Now, is that the way to have folks talking? Are you proud to know they're saying them things? You believe everything you hear. They ain't saying anything I haven't seen for myself. What's wrong with the way I do things? Nothing. 
You want to go through life living off somebody else? Now, look, Dan. It's just like I said before. You've got money, so why should I go to work? What I spend isn't going to break you. To my friends, well, no matter what you think, they're good fellows. What if they haven't got much money and I spend a little on them? They'd be my friends even if I were broke. I know they would. They're all right. So you don't figure on changing any, eh? I've told you what I thought. I guess I ain't much of a father, son. Seems if I ought to be able to say something that'd wake you up. I wish there was somebody else could talk to you as long as I can't. But you won't leave and listen to your ma. Now, what's the use of all this arguing? If the sky pilot was a real man, he'd be the fellow to talk to, but he ain't. So do no good going to him. <laughs> the parson. Reed Filkins pushed him into a mud puddle yesterday, and he just got up smiling. Jake Hanley put a burr under the saddle of his horse last week, and the horse nearly threw the parson into the next county. And he never said a word. And you expect anybody to listen to him. I said no such thing. What I did say was that he'd be the fellow to go to if he was a man. I sure ain't claiming he is. I don't see why you're making all this fuss anyhow. You'll see someday. And I'm just hoping it don't cost you too much before you get your eyes open. You're just old-fashioned, Dad. You think because you had to work that everyone should. Why, anybody knows better than that nowadays. Meaning that Cal and Jason and them other barflies know better. If you can't discuss this without calling my friends' names, then I'm going to my room. Go ahead. I give up. Good night. Good night, son. Uh... Frank, honey, you're looking so awful glum. Is it Vic again? I tell you, Carrie, I don't know what to do with that boy. Now, don't get yourself upset. He's got good blood in him. He'll be all right one of these days. You just wait and see. I'm hoping so. Remember, Frank, when Victor was just a little tight with his chubby, fat legs, <laughs> his big, round face, and his funny way of walking. Remember what big plans we had for him. I remember. And how he said he was going to get the best schooling in the land and have the finest start in life that any boy could have. Remember that, too, Frank. Uh-huh. And what a fool mistake we made by giving him that schooling. He should have been set to cow-punching. No, Frank. He's had the start. And he's got our love and hope for him. He's our boy. You just wait and see. One of these days he's going to make us proud of him and then we won't be sorry for a thing we've done. I... I wish I had your faith, Carrie. A masked man! Oh. What? Don't be alarmed. What do you want? A talk with both of you. Get out! Get out of here! We ain't having no truck without laws. Your gun isn't within reach, Frank. And you're going to listen whether you want to or not. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here. Uh -huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah. Full of exclusive loot. On surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, there's a box just about for all collectors in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media.
fiery horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty high of silver, and the Lone Ranger. Now to continue our story. The Lone Ranger, knowing that Frank Donlan was anxious to awaken his son to a sense of responsibility, outlined the idea he had in mind. The retired rancher and his wife were doubtful, however, until the masked man mentioned the name of Thundercloud, an Indian chief whose reputation they trusted. Having converted Vic's parents to his plan, the masked man hastily rejoined Tonto, who had been on guard outside the house. Hello. What's them saying? They agreed, Kimosabe. Steady, old fellow. Hey, all right, to Thundercloud? Yes, and we want to get there as fast as we can. The whites and Freeland and the Indians on the reservation don't have much to do with each other. But we can't take a chance on the whites learning that the Indians aren't preparing to go on the warpath. We must be back before they learn the truth. Uh, now Thundercloud's protected. When it's all over, Frank Donnan will explain that Thundercloud acted at our request. And that good. Ready, keep us on. Uh-huh. And let's go. We've got a long journey. I'll The journey to Thundercloud's territory, ordinarily one of four days, was cut to less than three by the great horses ridden by the masked man and Tonto. They enlisted the help of their friend and then retraced their trail. In the meantime, Frank Donlan was not inactive. Each day as he stopped to gossip with his fellow townsmen, his tone became more foreboding and he prophesied dangerous times ahead. In the cafe, he expressed himself to a group of anxious listeners with... I'm telling you fellas, them engines are really up to something. I've been hearing all kinds of stories. They say them braves on the reservation are going to break loose most any day now. Who told you that, Frank? Oh, more than one feller. You've heard about the drums and them dancing, haven't you? Yeah. Then I reckon you don't have to be told what that means. What surprises me is they ain't heard from before this. Holding off this long, they must be working up to something special. Recollect two years ago when they went off the reservation? Sure do. Scalped every one of them nesters down along the creek, they did. Cleaned them out to the last man. Shucks, this time it wouldn't surprise me if they was to head straight for town. Honest, Frank? You really think so? If them vomits do come hooping and hollering into town, we'll just have to fight them off the best way we know how, I guess. We ain't got what you call no choice. Well, then, what is Already. Painted rock ain't but 15 miles from here. What do we do? Hey, look up the road. Huh? A fellow on a white horse. He's short traveling. Riding this way like you had news. Well, I'll be. He's mad. There's a blazes with whether he's masked or not. What's he saying? Shut up and maybe you could hear. Get to the meeting house. Everyone to the meeting house. Everyone to the meeting house. Get to the meeting house, like the masked man said, folks. It's the only place that will hold us all. Round up the women and children. Get them on their way. Come on, get moving to the meeting house. Men, women, and children, urged by the masked man's shouts, hurried as fast as they could and crowded inside the Reverend Sylvester Lamb's meeting house. 
No need to act like a herd of critters in a loading pen, folks. Just calm down now. You ain't hurt yet. Calm down, folks. Please don't be alarmed. We'll be able to defend ourselves. Anybody see them red Indians? I'm watching the trail. If they come from this direction, I'll let you know. Let's not get excited, folks. Uh, listen to who's talking. It's a sky pilot telling us not to get excited. Parson, you better keep your mouth shut. This is for men folks to handle, not fellas like you. We'll handle this, Parson. You get in the corner and hide yourself. But friends, don't, don't, it, just... Parson, don't you Hey, there's the mask fellow to give us the warning. The, the mask fellow. Hey, when did you see them engines, mister? They're not far off. You'll see them soon enough. What's that? Listen, uh, listen to them. See to your guns. Get them primed and ready for action. Oh, come on, come on. What's the matter? Those Indians outnumber us three to one. Don't fire a shot until you have to. Maybe possible to get them to leave without a fight. Don't spoil that chance. Right. You're right, Stranger. Frank, Frank, look at them. Huh? They've grown up out there. And look who they got with them. He can't be. Why? Snake. Look. Are you sure it's him? That's who it is, all right. He's a goner, man. Put down that gun. Well, but that redskin coming this way. I can knock him off without no trouble at all. Can't you see? He's coming here with a message. His hand is raised. He's coming alone. Wait until you see what he has to say. But gosh, Would you rather coming. fire and have them punished big for it? Anybody fires that Indian riding here, I'll take care of personally. He's stopping just outside. Open the door for him. You mean let him come inside? You're not afraid of one Indian. Are you? Open the door. Yeah. Keep still, folks. Bring that redskin here. Get moving, redskin. You savvy white man's talk, huh? Uh, me savvy. You brought us a message from your chief? Tonto, bring message. You listen. Go on, speak up. Chief say white man come make palaver. One white man. Go alone. Not take gun. What's that? You mean the chief wants one of us to go out there unarmed and talk with him? That's right. But what for? Me not know. Chief, tell you. It's a trash. Sure it is. Just a trick to get another one of us. Wait. Is that all of the message? White man not come. Other white man die. What? You mean your prisoner will be killed if we don't meet your demands? Uh. Them redskins must think we're a pack of fools. They ain't going to trick us with no stuff like that. They have the whip hand. We're surrounded. Seems to be either that or a fight to the end. Besides the death of Vic Donlan. One of us must go out there. I'm going. Well, he's your boy. It's up to you, I reckon. Sure, that's fair enough. Why should we risk our men? That's right. Frank is not going. Now, look, I agree with the others here that it may be a trap. Frank, you're a married man. You have your wife to think of. Even if Vic is your son, one of the unmarried men should go out there. I agree with the man. No, it's my place. You're not going. Who else will volunteer? Well, how about you? Vic spent money on you, counted you his friend. Will you take the chance? Why in blazes should I? The drunken engine don't mean anything to me. So that's how you feel. How about you, Jason? Well, I don't see how it's uh, hardly my place. You refuse? Well, gosh, I don't see why I should risk my scalp for him. He ain't no kin of mine or nothing like that. And yet he's claimed you're one of his best friends. I can't help what he claimed. Then I shall go. What? what? A sky pilot. Oh, God. You mean you'll walk right up to them engines without a gun or anything? I do. But it's always been Vic that's made you the most trouble. Why, he's pestered you more than all the other fellows in town put together. That has nothing to do with my duty. I shall go. Well, I'll be doggone. You're willing to take a chance of losing your scalp in case it's a trick. And all these fellows here that've been calling you yaller and everything are scared to stir out of the tracks. Parson, whatever I may have said about you before, I'm eating them words right now. Come. Don't want that, you idiot. It's as much as your life is worth. Friends, if talking to the chief of those red men will save Vic, I shall be happy to do it. And if this is a trick to capture me, then all I can say is that one more life will mean little. Indian, lead the way. There goes the man you said you couldn't respect. The man you sneered at because he preached against fighting. The man you said was a coward who didn't belong to the West. You, Jason, you, Cal, all of you. You're brave enough with guns in your hands. But the man you laughed at is the only man among you with the cold courage to put himself into the hands of those Indians unarmed.
townsmen, shamed both for the action of the Reverend Sylvester Lamb and the words of the masked man, watched anxiously as the minister rode toward the lines of the assembled braves. They waited for him to be seized, for the triumphant red men to reveal their treachery. Every eye was fastened on his progress. The townspeople scarcely dared to breathe. And then something unbelievable occurred. No sooner had the minister reached the red men than their leader shouted a signal. The braves called to their ponies, and the band wheeled, broke into a gallop, and rode swiftly away from town, leaving both Vic and the minister behind them unharmed. The townspeople shouting and cheering poured from the meeting house and ran toward the two men. Are you all right, Vic? Hey, Parson, what happened? What made them engines clear off so sudden? Did something scare them off? Vic! Vic! Dad, I, I don't know what got into those Indians. I heard them talking. They were going to grab the parson here, and then all of a sudden they changed their minds and rode away. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking you're owing the sky pilot some pretty tall apologies. Son, he was the only one out of all those men who tried to help you. I know. And your fine friends here. The ones you've been running around with and talking about being such swell fellas. They were so scared you could see them shaking. Folks, wait a minute. Listen to me. Listen, I don't know how the rest of you figure this. Why them redskins cleared out and all. But I'm here to say that regardless, the sky pilot's the best man in the whole blamed town. He's a man to tie to. The most nerve ever seen. Hooray for the sky pilot. Tell Governor Parson you can preach at me as much as you want them from now on. <laughs> and I've got something to say. Go on, Vic. I've been looking down the parson. I was fool enough to think I was a better man than he is. I was fool enough to believe that because people were friendly when I spent money on them, they were really friends. Well, I found out different. I've learned that a quick draw doesn't mean courage. I'm apologizing to the parson and saying I hope the day will come when I can call myself half the man the parson is. <laughs> something, Parson. What'd it feel like to be riding towards them engines? Are you going Please, to stay on Excuse me for a moment. There's someone I must speak to. <laughs> Masked man. Yes? Do, do you remember the day you promised to help me? I do. Then I just wanted to say it was good of you to offer. But you see, now I don't need your help. Everything's worked out for the best without it. I see it has. And there was something else. Yes? That mask. You're an outlaw, of course. But I'm convinced there's some good in you. And if you ever feel that you want to turn over a new leaf... Come to me. I'll do the best for you I can. I'll remember that. Come on, Silver. I'll Silver. Away! Come on, Silver, old fellow. There's danger on the trail ahead. I'll Silver. Away!
story you have just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. A cloud of dust and a hearty high silver. The Lone Ranger. United States, there appeared the most spectacular outlaw the border country had ever known. Wearing a black mask and cape and riding the midnight stallion known as El Diablo, he called himself the Black Caballero. It was inevitable that he and the Lone Ranger should meet, and that meeting led to one of the most exciting episodes in the history of the frontier. Return with us now to those thrilling days when the West was young, and eventually at the end of every trail, the Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver! We're on the trail of the Black Caballero! When the black caballero struck, it was with the blinding speed of lightning. He mocked both the law and those settlers who lived within the law. Within a month of his first appearance, his name had become a dreaded byword. And it seemed that after a holdup for a bank robbery... He disappeared as if by magic. Your gold, my friend. Ooh, what? The black caballero. Uh, thank you, my best regard. My gold. On the other. Diablo, attend to him. He's probably rubbed down. You bet. Right away. Now, look here, boy. 
You can't always be riding alone like this. They'll all catch you for sure one of these days. <laughs> what do you got us for if we ain't to take a hand once in a while? Uh, the fools, huh? Now, boss, maybe us fellows ain't as handy as you are, but... <laughs> I'm sorry, Hawk. I didn't mean the men in camp here. Well, then who did you mean? The law, Hawk, the law. And the fools who stay inside the law. <laughs> Children, all of them. Hawk, do you know when I decided to become the black caballero, I really expected some sport out of it, huh? I ain't just sure I said it. <laughs> no, I don't suppose you would. Heads up, men! Hey, that's a leather poke you got there. What's in it, huh? <laughs> Gold, Hawk. Gold. <laughs> Where'd you get it, boss? <laughs> it was given to me, my friend. I showed my guns to a gentleman loaded down with more cash than was good for him. <laughs> and he generously shared what he carried. <laughs> shared? Well, uh, perhaps he uh, he didn't keep anything for himself. But ain't you keeping some? <laughs> you ain't just handing all of it over to the boys, are you? That's what you don't understand, Hawk. It isn't gold I want. It's excitement. Doggone if I ever met up with a fellow like you before. Excitement. The thrill of being pursued by men willing to kill you if they can. The risk, the danger, the escape. The price on your head. You can have them. Yeah. And that's just it. There's a price on my head, see. But the excitement, the danger. Ah. For all of that, I get I might as well be a fat banker sitting safely in his office. You mean to say you didn't get no thrill the time that stage guard on the Whitfield run blazed away at you with his rifle? <laughs> He missed, didn't he? Yeah, but how about the other week when that U.S. Marshal and them ranchers come near the corner and you're down in the canyon? If that had been me, I'd have been shaken yet. I got away by using a simple trick. I tell you, Hawk, if your opponents are fools, there's no fun in the game. <laughs> and it's the gosh, boys. I'm here to say you even got that other mask fella beat. I've heard some mighty tall tales about the Lone Ranger, but you've got... Say that again. Well, I just said even the Lone Ranger can't... The Lone Ranger? Hey, what's got into you? <laughs> Hawk, I think you've given me an idea. Huh? Why in the name of heaven didn't I think of it before? I've been matching myself against children, Hawk. But I believe I see a way to put excitement into the game yet. Have you gone clean off your head? <laughs> the Lone Ranger, my friend. The Lone Ranger. It was not long before the Lone Ranger heard the many stories concerning the Black Caballero. The mysterious outlaw's activities centered in the district surrounding White Springs, and it was here that the masked man rode to get information one evening. The Lone Ranger, cleverly disguised, was talking with a group of men in White Springs Cafe, and... Uh, Where was the Black Caballero seen last? Last? Well, you'd better ask my deputy that. I got him working special on the job of finding that hombre. That's all he's got to do, just locate that fancy dressing outlaw. Please, come here. Yes, sir. A stranger here was wondering why the Black Caballero was seen last time. Over near Whitfield, last word I got. Why, hold you up too, stranger? No, not yet. <laughs> well, if you're in the habit of carrying much cash on you, mister, he will one these days. You can be sure of that. How he finds out things, I don't know. Seems as if he can smell out cash the way a wolf can get wind of a cab. Talking about that black cover you're fellow. Oh, howdy, Matt. Howdy, Sheriff. Howdy, please. Evening. Stranger Matt here is one of the fellows who was robbed by that group. Recently? Not two weeks ago. Rode up his boat as you please, and I was almost to town. Stuck them guns of his in my face and just helped himself. Not only helped himself, Dad Rattle, but laughed about it while he was doing it. Uh, just like I said before, like I'll say again, there ain't but one fellow in the West can catch that crook, and that's the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger? Sure, he... Oh, you're crazy. You're always bragging up that fellow you call the Lone Ranger, Matt. But I'm here to say he wouldn't have no more chance of getting the Black Caballero than... Well, than you would. Blast he would, too. Oh, 
You ever seen that El Diablo horse? Of course I have. You seen him run? Seen him the time I was robbed, didn't I? All right, then. How's the Lone Ranger ever going to catch a fellow with a horse like that? What about the horse the Lone Ranger rides? Uh, what's his name? Silver? Yeah, that's it, Silver. I've heard he's something extra special in the way of horse flesh yourself. You just bet he is. I'd like to see him race. Yes? And if they did, I'd lay a year's wages on El Diablo. There ain't a horse in the country could match him. You take my word for it. Yes, it just couldn't be. Ah, uh, you're just bullheaded. Yeah, and you're just a stubborn, feeble-minded galoot that wouldn't be willing to admit you was wrong what? and it was proved to you in right. Why, you... Yeah, no. <laughs> hey, quit the fighting. What's your opinion about a stranger? I couldn't say. I've got an idea, though. Yeah, what's that? I've got an idea that one of these days the race Blaze asked for might be arranged. Ah, not a chance. You mark my words. The Lone Ranger will steer clear of the Black Caballero like it was poison. Hey, and what's more, what's is that? Some kind of a person. Come on. They're showing up yelling. Righteous fancy as he dresses, don't he? Huh? Is it important, Sheriff? Oh, wait a second. Well, I'll be switched. What is the ornery conceited, no good coyote? I'll fix him for this. If I ever catch up to that fellow, I'll ram this right down his throat. And read it to it, Sheriff. What'd you say? Can't you tell us what's written there, Sheriff? Go on, let us in on it. Let us tell you what he said. Just listen to this. He says that one week from today, he's robbing Jason Lovejoy's bank over the River City. And he says he's not only inviting the law, but he's daring the Lone Ranger to try to stop him. Well, did you ever hear of such murder? He must be local. Ah, uh, most likely he's just bluffing. Chuck's, you'd never get away with a stunt like that after giving warning. What do you make of it, stranger? Just one thing, Sheriff. If the Black Caballero wants the Lone Ranger to be at River City, I, I think he will be. Returning to the place where he had hidden his horse, the Lone Ranger mounted and raced back to the camp where his faithful Indian companion, Tonto, was waiting. There he drew Silver to a halt. Oh, Silver! Oh, Silver! Tonto, I've seen the black caballero. Uh, what can look like? Just the way he's been described to us, Kimasabi. And that horse of his is magnificent. Oh, him not better than Silver. Someday we'll prove he's not, Tonto. I couldn't give chase this time, however, because I left Silver too far outside town. If I'd gone after him, the Black Caballero would have been gone. Uh, and he left a message for me, Tonto. What's that? He wrote that a week from today, he planned to rob the bank at River City. That's the town near the west border of this county. Mm-hmm. His message stated that he dared either the law or the Lone Ranger to prevent the holdup. Why him do that? It could be a trick, Himasabi. He might plan to get us safely in River City, then strike somewhere else. That's right. And yet I doubt it. I think the Black Caballero meant just what he said. And then him loco. I wonder if he is. What do you think? We've heard all kinds of stories about the man, Tonto. He made one daring raid after another. He's tricked the law in a dozen ways. Each time he gets bolder. Each time he seems to escape as easily as before. Oh. He isn't an ordinary outlaw. They say more than once he risked his life in a robbery, then threw away the loot without needing to. Me hear that. He seems to get pleasure from the risk he runs, not from what he steals. They say he always laughs just when things look worse for him. He's an outlaw and should pay for his crimes. But in some ways, he forces you to admire him. Whatever else he may lack, he doesn't want for courage. Him, he brave. That's why I say the message he left in town meant just what it told us. Now, to help me over this disguise, then get my mask from your saddle pouch. And then, what you do? I'm going to show the Black Caballero that the Lone Ranger accepts his challenge.
later that same evening, the sheriff and his chief deputy, Blaze McGee, were also discussing the Black Caballero's reckless challenge. Blaze had led the pursuit of the outlaw when he sped from town, but had been forced to return and confess another failure. The two men are in the sheriff's office and... Uh... Don't you see it, Sheriff? That doggone outlaw's got us over a barrel. Confound it. I say that as well as you do. We don't budge and he robs a bank. It'll be said that we ain't doing our duty even when it's pointed out to us. There's always enough loose talk of that kind going around. Then, like you said, if we do go over to River City, the Black Caballero is likely to come riding into White Springs here. And folks will say it was because you went traipsing across country when we ought to have been here attending to business. We can't be in more than one place at a time. But maybe I know a way to handle this, Sheriff. Blaze, if you do, I'll see that the county raises your wages. How about let me swear in a dozen or so extra deputies? I'll get the toughest hombres around here that I can find. Yeah, what then? And you and me will go to River City with them and guard the bank. Stephen Rusty can deputize some fellas to help them out here. By golly, Blaze, I think that'll turn the trick. That black caballero won't get far with the fellas I choose. Then you can... What's that, somebody coming here? I don't know, but... Who's there? Who hammered on the door? That wasn't just somebody wanting to Come Silver! Man, and he called his horse Silver. Silver, Sheriff, hey, look here. Look what's been put on the door. Right in the spot where the black caballero left that paper. Well, ten my hide. Read that, Blaze. The Lone Ranger has took the black caballero's dare. He's going to be at River City. <laughs> The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger drama. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Now to continue our story. The mysterious outlaw, the Black Caballero, had challenged the Lone Ranger to be present when the outlaw attempted to rob the bank at River City, and the Master Rider of Justice had accepted the challenge. When news of the coming contest between the two men became generally known, the interest of the people in the district was heightened to fever pitch. Wherever men gathered, and women too, the subject was excitedly discussed. The Lone Ranger and the Black Caballero. Which of them is going to win out? I'm saying it'll be the Lone Ranger. Oh, no, it's going to be the Black Caballero. Oh, well, I wouldn't know which one to pick. Well, we'll know in just a few days now, anyhow. While in the camp with the mysterious outlaw, even the men who had banded together to follow his leadership did not know what the Black Caballero had in mind. You're just inviting trouble. You can't get away with it. You just can't. <laughs> I've no fear, my friend. I've laid my plans, and when I'm ready, you shall know them. <laughs> I shall be the first to ever challenge the Lone Ranger and won. And during the days intervening between the time of the challenge and the date set for the raid upon the bank, the Lone Ranger was not idle. He and Tonto had studied River City, its bank, its approaches, and the country surrounding the town. Before dawn on the day appointed, they knew the district more thoroughly than did its inhabitants who had lived there all their lives. The sun had just pushed its tip above the horizon when the masked man and the faithful Indian reined into the spot close to River City, which they had chosen beforehand. Oh, Silver. Oh, fellow. Oh, Scott. Oh, oh. 
It'll soon be daylight, Kimasabi. Uh, there? There, son. And as soon as the sun is up, we'll be able to see everything that goes on below us. Uh. That's why I chose the top of this hill. Look, you can see River City's main street already. A little more light and we'll be able to make out the bank. That's right. Over there is the trail leading from River City to White Springs. There's a trail to Whitfield. Now, the person can enter town or leave it without our seeing him. Uh. Even if the black caballero made a break from those woods beyond the town, we'd know it. Now, watch carefully, Kimasabi. Nothing must happen below us that we don't see. They saw Sheriff Ramsey and the deputy Blaze McGee enter River City by the way of White Springs Trail, a party of a dozen men with them. The day lengthened, still they watched, but they had no way of seeing the group of hard-faced riders who were at that moment approaching not River City as had been announced, but White Springs, the county seat town, which had been left to the care of the sheriff's other deputies, Steve and Rusty. The leader of the group, as it wound his way down the trail, wore a black mask and a black cape, was mounted upon a spirited black horse. When he spoke, his voice was not that of the black caballero. <laughs> anyway, look in this get up, fellas. You think I'll fool him? You don't look no more like the boss than I do. Maybe not, but he seemed to be satisfied. Shut, <laughs> sir. All the folks in town will have to do is get a look at that mask and El Diablo, and he ain't going to stop that, no question. Debbie, you go gone scared. You do all right, Hawk. Just keep your mouth shut when we get there, like the boss said. You get by. You got that right in the boss give you? Uh-huh. Here in my pocket. Fatally <laughs> sheriff sees that. If that don't turn the trick, nothing will. I'm to see that somebody in town gets this note the boss read out and head for River City and the sheriff, ain't it? Right. Dirk, you'll take three of the boys and head straight for the express office. Don't stop for nothing. I got it. Me and the rest of the bunch will hoop it up down Main Street. The town's folks will get so rattled they won't savvy what in blazes is going on. What about shooting if anybody gets real rambunctious? You know what the boss said, Ned. That uh, sounds crazy to me. It does to all the rest of us, too. But he's a boss just the same. If you don't want no killing, then there ain't gonna be none, Sammy. I, I reckon. You gotta shoot at anybody, be blame sure you only wing him. And don't forget. Talk, we're almost in town. When are we going into action? Right now. Blaze away in the air, make all the noise you can. When Dirk gives a signal that he's finished at the express office, make tracks for camp. Got it? Yeah. Then I'll number your shooting irons and let's go. On the other <laughs> Ranger and Tonto, on top of the hill they had chosen, the day passed slowly. The masked man began to question his tactics, but suddenly he lifted his head and strained to look down the White Springs Trail. Tonto, look there. Uh, rider come. In the direction of White Springs. And putting a quirt to his mount. In ride plenty fast. Tonto, no man would drive a horse like that unless he had good reason. Here's the lookout. We'll cut over to the left and down the hill to the trail. Uh, Steady, boy. Uh, come on, Silver. Get up, scout. This way, Kimo Tommy. Tonto, come. Hurry, Silver. Hurry. Get him up, Scout. Get him up. Hold on there! Him not hear you. He will. Come on, old fellow. Right up there! Pull up your horse! Get up. Get up. I'll fire a shot. He'll hear that. Hold on! Stay where you are! Lone Ranger! Oh, oh, What's the trouble? Hold oh, over! Oh, Lone Ranger! Well, he tricked you, you hear me? The black cavalry tricked you. He fooled you proper. What's that? And me thinking all the time that you was a match for him. Well, you ain't. While you're wasting your time here, that crook shut up White Springs. He brought his whole gang along with him this time. No, not bad. Broke in the express office and rode off with all the cash that was to be had. Are you sure of that? Didn't I see him, that black horse of his? Didn't one of them dirty crooks give me this writing from the black cavalier to take to the sheriff? A message to the sheriff? Yes, and I read it. He's laughing at you and the sheriff both. He says, 
just what he thinks of you before it's an easy trick like the one he just played. Oh, I ain't got no more time. I gotta get to the sheriff to deliver this writing and see that he heads back to White Springs where he belongs. Go ahead. You bet I will. And from now on, when anybody starts talking about the Lone Ranger, I'm laughing right along with a black caballero. Get up! Get up there! What do we do now? Ryan, White Springs? No, Toto. We're riding, but not to White Springs. We're riding to River City. Come on, Toto. Get him up, Scott. Toto Silver! Away! When Matt delivered the message he carried to Sheriff Ramsey, the lawmen shouted an exasperated order. Men, get your horses! In leather! That blasted outlaw's trick is for fair! There ain't nothing left to do but head for home and try and pick up his trail. Come on. Oh, no, Sheriff. Oh, wait. Listen here. Well, what do you got to say, Blaze? Sheriff, maybe this is a trick, too. What's to stop the Black Caballero from raiding White Springs, seeing to which you find out about it, then riding here and robbing the bank after you've gone? Dad, Reddit, what am I going to do? we got to do something. He should be heading back for his hideout. Somebody's got to try and pick up his trail. All right. You go back to White Springs and take half the men. I'll stay here with the other half and keep guard like before. How's that? A good idea. Pete, Sims, Al. You and the other fellas, I deputize myself, stay here. The rest of you go with the sheriff. All right, those of you coming with me, get mounted. I look after things here, Sheriff. Don't you worry. If you find out that crook ain't headed this way, send me word. Yeah. Come on, man. You aren't going to leave my bank unguarded, are you? Sure not, Mr. Lovejoy. Hey, come on, boys. We're going inside the bank. Go on in, Mr. Lovejoy. Yeah. You won't disturb the customers, will you? Sure not. Hey, step inside, fellas. Don't be bashful. There, now. I reckon we got everything in hand, all right. You you think it is just a trick of the Black Caballero to get the sheriff out of White Springs? You you don't really expect him here. Sure I expect him. Why, don't you? <laughs> Fact is, here he comes now. Who's that? What? Black Caballero. Everything is well, my friend. Couldn't be better, boss. Boss? You're a deputy. Arrest this man. Don't stand there. Arrest him, I say. <laughs> Arrest him? Why should I? <laughs> you customers needn't get excited. Just don't start nothing. You won't get hurt. Like I was saying, Mr. Lovejoy, why should I arrest the Black Caballero? I'm working for a main eye. You, you're... <laughs> and you've done splendidly, Blaze. Have your men collect the cash. Sure. Get to it, Al. But I don't understand. You're a deputy. The sheriff left you and these men here to protect my bank. And now you're... It was all just a part of the Black Caballero scheme, Mr. Lovejoy. But you can't... It was a blame slick one. When I told the sheriff I was going to jeopardize the fellas to keep guard here, I just seemed to it that half of them was fellas that'd do like the boss said. You rotten crook. <laughs> then it was picked for the boss's regular gang to start trouble at White Springs, so the sheriff would go hightailing back there, leaving me and the boys I picked out to stay here. <laughs> Who'd ever figure the very fellas hired to guard the bank would be the ones planning to hold it up? Nobody. Not even the Lone Ranger. <laughs> You mentioned me? Hello? You! What in blazes? We're right with you, mister. How did you know I was here? I didn't. So we got here and started investigating. By heavens, boss! Uh, take that gun. The rest of you. Make a move for your weapons and you'll regret it. Yeah, listen. Shut up, that dirty double-crosser. Taking the county's pay for upholding the law, then selling out to a crook. <laughs> he didn't sell out cheaply, Sheriff. You can say that much for him. I paid him a good price. Yeah, and you. The Black Caballero, huh? The masked puller hadn't stopped me on the edge of town and made us come back with him. You'd have got away with this. One can't win all the time. Take off that mask. Let's see who you are. <laughs> there. You know me? Mm, never seen you before. And you, Lone Ranger. You beat me after all. I'm wondering just why my plan failed. It seemed foolproof. You made one mistake. And that, my friend? You forgot that every man acts in character. Every crime you'd committed revealed that you not only didn't fear danger, but actually welcomed it. 
And yet you expected me to believe that your promise to hold up this bank was just a trick to allow you to raid White Springs in safety. And yet you couldn't be sure. No, but I made sure when I came into town. Tano and I were hidden nearby from the time the sheriff rode away. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you pointed out my mistake. I shall remember not to make it again when we meet in the future. You think we shall? <laughs> I'm sure of it. The jail has never been built that can hold me. Lone Ranger, one of these days we're going to face each other again. We shall see. Come, Tata. Uh, you talk big, Mr. Black Caballero. But if you got the notion my jail can't hold you, you're loco. <laughs> you heard what the Lone Ranger said, didn't you, Shadow? Huh? He was quite correct. We shall see. Just heard is a copyrighted feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior!